I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Kia ora, welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod on Rugby Pass and Sky Sport. I'm Ross Carl. Big weekend of action. The Crusaders, have they got one hand on the title already? Another title? And the Chiefs, incredible comeback from the Chiefs to break that losing streak. Joined in studio, Bryn Hall's up from Christchurch. He's stayed in Auckland. So thank you very much for joining us here and congratulations on your 100th. Thanks, mate. Thank Big you. Big day. Chipper, as usual, thanks for being in. James Parsons, former Blues player. Let's start, Bryn. How big was that win yesterday in the context of the season, as far as you guys are concerned? Is that, is that the thing that sort of sets the mark in the ground? I think it was massive for us. I think um, there's a lot of hype during the week around, which is fair. I think it's pretty fair. I think the Blues this year especially um, have warranted that kind of hype and I guess for us we were just really excited for the opportunity um, anytime you get to kind of test yourselves against a team that's coming up and um, you're right there boy uh, you're right mate you're right you're right mate it was fair because um, they're playing really good really good footy and um, it was an opportunity for them to be at home they'd been away um, and for us we just really wanted to come up here and um, you know to get a W and I guess to add to that was Special milestone having my family and all my friends in that to be able to be a part of that hundred. But um, you know, for us, we're just really, um, you're really fortunate to be up here and to have the W as well because we know it's a, it's a real exciting Blues team and um, you know they're a tough team. It was a real test match, test match feel, a lot of electricity in the air, and um, yeah, good to come out with the W. You're home, mate. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a tough, <laughs> tough night. Yeah, obviously, uh, congratulations. Thanks, boy. Uh, on your hundredth and the win. Um, I, uh, look. I don't think it's as far off as the score Fair, uh, yeah. uh, gave. Uh, I think the discipline was the difference. And I've sat here past weeks, um, you know, complimenting the Crusaders in their game. And, and the biggest weapon is you can't give them ins into your 22 because that's how, uh, you know, I suppose when they go into the 22, they come away with points. And we saw it, you know, they, they defended, uh, you know, really well they, were, they weathered a storm you know around that scrum it was scrum after scrum after scrum um and and you know they ended up getting a penalty back they exited out of that and i think the blues ended up scoring through a turnover eventually and then they got a three but they there was a crossover penalty um mm. from the blues they kicked and then my old mate put in a grubber he thought he was playing for the warriors and <laughs> um you know jack goodhue scores but that you know one one entry into the 22 try and that, that's what I mean. It was just one mistake um, by the Blues, just an accidental offside. And, you know, it's those sorts of penalties and, and that, that discipline was always going to be crucial. 
uh, you know, not to give them those piggyback penalties uh, because I thought we were every other stat was on par. You know, set piece mm. line out was on par. You know, previous weeks the Crusaders have run other teams most line out at forty percent. So you know, these are these are areas of the Blues game that have have not had that parity in the past. And I thought the, the scrum was the same, the breakdown. So, you know, it's not as uh, wide a gap as, as some are saying. You know, when you look at the score, yep, absolutely. And, and they earned the right. I think at 2015, we were back in back in the hunt there. But then again, discipline let us down. And, and then it goes to 29-15. We get back in there, you know, 29-20. And then obviously uh, an, another penalty. Well, well Sevu gave one penalty. And then obviously Curdy. Did the, did the suplex, mm. and then from there, Richie Moanga scores a, a, another you know, try. And you, do you know what I mean? So it was always the discipline that just kept that score out of reach. Mm. Um, so so I, I put it down to it's not as, that gap's not as wide as um, some people are thinking after yesterday. You guys opened some doors in the first 20 minutes too. Your discipline, especially through the first 20 minutes, was poor. Yeah, it was. Were you surprised the Blues didn't take those opportunities the way that they had through the first part of the season? Well, we just knew that... Um, you know, I look at that scrum, there was a scrum, probably they had about four or five resets, had a couple of penalties, and we knew that kind of that kind of movement, and they were talking around it as a group, saying, like, if we can just hold them out here, um, get a penalty, then we get momentum. So those kind of situations, when they did come into our 22, we found that, you know, if we can stop them here, you know, it stunts that momentum that they had. You know, there's a couple of times that they actually could have scored, like if Rico just got that over the top and Will Jordan doesn't intercept that, that's a try, and then that's them being down that 22, scoring points from that. So, um, conversely for us, like Jipper talked about, it, when we tried to get down there, um, we tried to get points from that. So, um, but yeah, like coming back to your point around our discipline, that first probably 15, 20 minutes, we just weren't getting getting what we wanted and giving the Blues opportunities to be in those, to be in our 22, to put us under pressure. So, um, we showed a bit of resilience around that. But in saying that, you know, they went the, their first try, you know, they ended up getting a break, went wide, and then they ended up going wide again and scoring. So. Um, Coming back to Jip's point, I, yeah, I don't think the gap's that, that far at all. I think probably those two those two penalties, like Curdy's one, was, was probably a big one because they've done that hard work getting that penalty and then turning it for us. It gave us an opportunity to then score points off that. And then off was one as well. I know it was a little bit late, 74th, 73rd minute, but um, it just gave us a little bit of breathing room around having playing with 14 men. So, um, yeah, it was a bloody tough, a bloody tough encounter and we're pretty fortunate to come away with the win mm. at Eden Park for sure. Those cards, were you surprised that only got a yellow when it, it clearly clipped the guy in the face. Yeah, well, I was at the game live, so I couldn't hear the comms, so it was a little bit hard to read, but it, it did come in contact with the face, so you, you, I suppose you normally uh, see, but, you know, they went through their process, and you, you've just got to trust that process, and they stayed pretty consistent yep. around that to the day, and that's, that's the only thing you can always ask for is on that 80-minute performance that you're consistent with that, and, and that's what it was, so um, whether... Scott Barrett uh, feels <laughs> the same. I'm, I'm not too sure, but... So it's complacency hasn't been a thing you guys have done for a long time? No, it's not. I think, I think for us, we'll, you know... Tell me off camera, they've already won it. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the dressing room. Yeah. Every other team that comes. Um, I just think for Super Rugby, I'd said, or Jipper alluded to it, you know, we played the Hurricanes last year, and that still stings losing at home so if you get it wrong by you know a couple percent you know you're going to be losing games and i think for us it's more importantly getting our prep right every single game and given its merits that it deserves every single week so um we know the competition definitely isn't over and you know it'll be a week-to-week -week process for us definitely for sure so with the blues to close this gap is it just discipline and taking advantage of your opportunities or where else did you see within that that the blues need to close the gap on the crusaders oh like i said i think it was pretty even across the board in, in those statistics like mm. 
and the crucial statistics. As, as I said before the game, I thought the set piece was going to be a crucial area and if we could get parity there and play the style that we had in previous weeks, we were going to be right in the hunt. On this fixture alone, discipline was the, the, the crucial nature because they just kept picking up their threes and picking up points. So, you know, rectifying that. But when you next play them again, it's, it's, it's about bringing it all together and, and making sure that you nail it on the night. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's doing it again and nailing the set piece, nailing the discipline, you know, because I've stood here weeks prior and obviously said things about, you know, not giving them opportunities uh, to go into their half. You know the blueprint. It's just, it's bringing it all together at once because you're going to have to do it for 80 minutes and you're going to have to, you know, shore up the defence, you know, because we didn't, we had a lot of ball, the Blues, um, but defensively, I think we slipped off a few tackles as well and tackled around that 79, 80% mark, which if, if you're going to beat the Crusaders, you know, you're probably going to have to tackle around that 90% and not let them score four tries. You know, it was four tries each, mm. um, but they had to defend a lot more and, and they, they defended at around 87, 88%, which probably isn't at, at your no. guys' standard and letting them four tries is probably quite a lot yep. uh, for you guys. Um, but again, you know, that, that was that parity of four tries each. So again, it goes back to that discipline was that, you know, that 16 point buffer. Mm. There, there were some moments in there that made me think how much that game meant to you guys. Things like uh, Sever Reese's celebration where he goes like this and gives it the Rico Ioane. And it, it kind of, to me, it said, we're sending a message to you, to Auckland, that you can, you can say that you're up with us, but you're not. Is that the feeling that you guys are trying to sort of put that message out there? Like we, we're very much the top team here. There was nothing as a team that were talking around those kind of celebrations around that. It was more just a spur of the moment around um, the decision. Oh, he thought made. about that, surely. Yeah, it was he came up with that. that. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. no PR spin on that, mate. No. Come on, come well, on. I think it just comes back to like, you know, there was so much hype around the game. And so, you know, we hear it as players, you know, Chipper, there's a lot of times where you hear and you see in the media, you see on Sky, you see everything, the whole build up for that week, it was massive. So I think maybe it was just more of a reflection around how, you know, Sebi was feeling in that situation. Because again, you know, you've got to respect the Blues and how they've been playing this year. And Rico, you know, when he does that for his try celebration, it's, it's due to good, good rugby so um, for us we just knew it was a, it was a massive encounter and we were just very well, happy say, to, get it, to, get, to get away well, with say it. it's so. the biggest biggest compliment isn't it well uh, 100% yeah. biggest compliment yeah. wasn't as smooth though it was a bit of an awkward fold yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well he's not used to he's not used to it yeah, so. he wasn't as, used he, to he, it. he unfolded quickly yeah. and sprinted back halfway I don't know if he was quite confident <laughs> yeah. enough to yeah. hold the position he, should yeah. have just yeah. hold, he needed to hold yeah. it a little bit longer maybe you yeah. could talk to Sev well the only other thing I'd say is just come up with your own one thing I did want to bring up that I thought we're talking about the set piece battle Chipper brought up to like dominant scrum I think Probably in the past, I look around at halftime, we tried to assert a bit of dominance to try and go for a penalty on halftime to maybe get a bit of a buffer around that. But, um, you know, the blue scrum was pretty dominant on, dominant, dominant on the weekend. And um, I guess where we try to get more parity is probably around our line-out drive. I don't know if you saw that, Joe. I know we scored a try with Cody Taylor um, through that, but probably in that second half, we probably went to our, our set piece a little bit more around our drives, trying to take the boys, the blues boys' legs out and probably just got a little bit of, um, probably a bit of gain out of that. So. Um, we knew that the set piece, the, the, there was a lot of talk around the scrum and fair play and they've got four All Blacks in that tight, in that tight um, position and then for us probably another way we could get dominance was just around our line out drive and probably got a little bit of parity around that where we got, ended up getting penalties from that and coming back to Jipper's point, got into the 22 and then we were able to score points through a penalty um, or tries. Um, speaking of the line out drives, Cody Taylor, best player in the comp right now, Chipper? 
Oh, he's, he's definitely up there. He's, he's doing his core roles well and, and getting around the paddock, but there's, there's so much talent running around that it's hard to put a, mm. put a nail on it. You know, Richie's playing pretty well as well. Mm. I think there's, you know, I have to say Rico's playing, you know, fairly well as well. So um, there's, there's, there's a lot going around. It's hard to put it down to one player, but he seems to be the most consistent of, of mm. the lot. Um, so yeah, he's he's putting his hand up, and he's top try scorer as well, is he not? Yeah. Mm. there's a little bit more of a Dane Colstrom, I feel like there's a slightly more, maybe more of a ruthlessness that you're seeing about him this year. Mm. I mean, he's always had all of the talent, but the, you know, there's the odd push, the odd shove. You know, there's for a guy who you know when you meet in person is such an unassuming and incredibly nice bloke. Mm. There's a little bit of niggle in there. Yeah, no, I think it is. Well, I think it's coming back to you know Dane Cole's coming back and really um, setting himself in that you know that starting spot. You know they've obviously had a little bit of a rotation system, but you know competition. We've talked about a lot on this podcast when you come in competition consistently, and he wants to be you know he wants to take it to the next level. So he's probably come back a little bit trimmer. He's probably changed a few things in his in his training to be able to get that kind of uh, pop. He looks like he's got his pop mm. when he's running and. I mean, it looks like a uh, it looks like a back. He scored that try against the Highlanders a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, he just looks like he's enjoying his footy. And so you talk around first and foremost, you've got to know your core roles. But I think you're just coming back to around having those impactful moments in a game, whether it be a line-out drive, getting through the line, showing speed. He's got a lot of pop in his speed back. So um, for us personally, you know, we want to see that continuing to get better, and then um, hopefully that form can then go on to when he's with the All Blacks, and because that, that's where he wants to perform. Ricky Riccatelli, you know, he had a couple of moments um, this weekend. He's the third string hooker at the Canes. There is a lot of hooker depth around when a guy like Ricky Riccatelli is third string at a super rugby franchise. Well, you just sort of forget. Like, he had, a, he had about two years where he went really well. I think Colsey was injured yeah. and Safa Moore was just sort of finding his feet. And he, he played, you know, I think two years straight for the Canes and ended up, you know, touring with the All Blacks. Didn't play, but you know, playing really good code, back to back to back. And, you know, then he's just sort of fallen, you know, away as that third string hooker for the Canes. And I was really happy to see him just remind people, you know, hey, I'm here, I'm chipping away. And he's, it doesn't seem like he's a guy that drags his lip. He's just been training in the background, doing his hard graft. And now he's got his opportunity again. He's always that guy, when he gets his opportunity, he delivers. I know against you guys he had his one hiccup of the overthrow, but after that actual overthrow, he still had a good game, yeah. you know, against you boys. And then, you know, he put on a big shift the other night. I thought, you know, for someone that hasn't had a lot of minutes at Super Rugby level to come back, he's always fit, he's always ready to go, and he just gave a little shot across the bow, I reckon, just to say, hey, let's not just forget yeah. about me. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm still a good quality rake. And I think, you know, to the other four franchises, if I was looking around and, and you wanted to do a bit of recruiting. I think he's off contract at the, the end of this year. He'd be a hell of a pickup. Mm. He's too good to be sitting at third for me. Where does he go? Because he can't go to the Highlanders. They got Blues. Two. Come. Yeah, Blues. Straight to the Blues. Come on. <laughs> come on up. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be, be a good fit. It could be good competition. Yeah. For for Curdie and Lou, that, that's up here. It'd, mm. it'd be great. And the fact that he's experienced as well. You know, he's played a lot of footy. So I think any time you can add depth, especially if you're talking around the Blues. Um, I think he's great go. mates with Bodie as well. <laughs> he can move into his big mansion. <laughs> yeah, coming back like, to what Gypsy like, yeah, he consistently plays well when he needs to. You know, you've got a Suffer there and um, Dane there, who's obviously injured at the moment. But yeah, for a guy that's just, you know, probably ranked third down there, you know, you go to the Blues or another franchise, yeah, look, he's a guy that's proven. He's proven as well. He was in that All Blacks squad not too long ago. So yeah, it was just a gentle wee reminder that, uh, you know, he's still there. Now, the Aotearoa Rugby Pod is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped used by over 2 million people worldwide. It is the best ball trimmer 
on the planet. Yeah. You've got to say that with a straight face. So you get 20% off with our exclusive offers if you go to manscaped.com slash rugby. Now, the big tool to use, guys, is this. Yeah. Oh. Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Be a lawnmower. Thanks, man. Well groomed, man. Possibly the best groomed man in the world. You got a little ball deodorant there too. I'll tell you what, yeah. my missus is going to love this. Yeah. She's just going to be like, come on, thank yeah. you so much. You'll love it too because it's got a ceramic blade that reduces accidents. Well, oh. We don't want accidents down there, do we, Jim? No. We don't want it down no, there. No, we don't. So, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who needs this shipping as well? Sean Stevenson. Sean, Sean Stevenson. Stevenson. Sean Stevenson needs this. So. Is that right? Yeah, he's living in a mansion with Bryn. Bryn Gatlin, obviously, they live together. But oh. uh, if there's one man that needs this, yeah, I'll yeah, be sending it to Shooter. Sean Stevenson. Harry yeah. man. Yep. It needs to sort that out. Your so, balls will thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Will th- he definitely will thank me for sure. <laughs> for his balls. People can enroll in the hygiene plan as well. If you get onto uh, Manscaped, the peak hygiene plan will help you keep clean and keep everything right. So, yeah, pretty good. Make sure that you get to manscaped.com slash rugby and we'll look after you for all of your grooming downstairs needs. <laughs> you guys happy? Very Look happy. at me. Very Stoked. Happy. Can you see the smile on my face? Just, just love it. Get it out, mate. Show yeah. them the lawnmower. Yeah, let's have a look. Yeah. Get the lawnmower out. Where's the lawnmower? No, <laughs> get the lawnmower out, right? Yeah, it's got power on it. That's oh. it. Oh, yeah. look at that. Oh. oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. What else we got here? apprehensive myself, but yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then the ball toner as well. Bit of oh. ball deodorant. Man, just everything yeah. a guy needs. It's exactly what you Looking want. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. <laughs> So don't forget, get to manscaped.com slash rugby, get your 20% off, get your free shipping and get the lawnmower 3.0. Canes versus Chiefs, I mean, highlight reels guys. David McKenzie is one of those highlight reels guys. Hmm. He moved into 10 in the second half um, and he's done that a little bit and the Chiefs seem to go great guns when he moves into 10. Uh, should we rethink the Damien McKenzie 10-15 thing? Uh, well, potentially because even their 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 Class moments in the first half, he was at 10. If you think about um, Samasoni's try, he, he was at first receiver, uh, not Samasoni's try, sorry, Caleb Trask's try, where um, Damo was at first receiver, he, he cut that guy and he put uh, Samasoni through that high hole. Um, he came on that down line and then he obviously offloaded to Caleb Trask and Trask scored. Uh, so, look, when he steps up to first receiver, things happen for the Chiefs. Mm. Um, whether he has to start at 10, uh, I'm not too sure, but the way Chase Tiatia played, I think you're going to have to find a place on the field for him and, and then maybe fullback's a natural place for him. So maybe that squeezes Damo up to 10 and that's a better fit for their squad. Um, and then uh, maybe a Trask or a, a Gatlin's on the bench. Um, I'm always going to have a foot in a Gatlin camp. I can't <laughs> help that. Um, I'm a, I, I just think he's a great 10. I think he's a great um, game manager. Uh, I just think he needs time in the saddle, um, and and I, I really think Damian McKenzie is one of the best fullbacks in the world, and I just like him at fullback. Mm. Um, but I'm also aware the performance that Chase Tiatia and the energy he brought, the game changed when he came on, and and we talk about big moments, and I know everyone thinks that the penalty uh, when the Canes chose the scrum, and. Um, it was a penalty. Am I am I keeping you up? No, you're right, mate. It's a big celebration. Yeah, 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 you know, you deserve you deserve <laughs> your celebrations. I'm talking about scrums and he gives me a big yawn. Um, no, but Gus Gus got the Angus Tarvel got the penalty after the Canes um, called the scrum 
and then they obviously from there and then Rayasi held someone back um, and then they obviously got another penalty and then from there um, Chase Tiatia scored after they got them all. Everyone will talk about is that the change of moment, but it's the try after that when Damien McKenzie breaks through and he offloads to TRT and then TRT finds Finau and Finau finds Weber. And from that, if you watch Weber, Weber turns around, he points straight to TRT with a big smile from ear to ear. And so TRT has just scored a try. He's just set up another one. And, and he was just a, a ball of energy and a link guy that it clearly sparked something. And, it, and he seems to have the, a knack of doing that. Mm. Does it for Bay of Plenty. Mm. He's done it before for the Canes. He does have a knack of having that play as well that you go, oh, geez, what were you doing? <laughs> but he, if, he's an infectious player and a wing's not a spot for him. Midfield's not a spot for him. So if he's going to start, he probably has to find fullback, which then you have to mm. consider that Damon will be at 10. Yeah. No, no chance to be on the right wing? I just don't think his his game. I think he's a fullback. You you need him in those open spaces and that freedom to roam. Yeah. He's a live wire. You want him to have that full width of the field ability to roam. You don't want him to just be protecting a corner and defensively having to be in that pendulum where he's got to be up high defensively. Whereas that fullback role, if there's any kick, you know he can yeah. make something out of nothing. I think as well, like. Um what I love around like Damo, it's always those that you know they've done it a couple of times. We've taken off Brent early and Trask early in the game, and then it's that kind of 50th minute mark where all that kind of hard work's done, the kind of stalemate's done in that first part of it. I know that obviously the score mm. didn't dictate that, but when you inject Damo at 10 and those kind of and at that time, it's a little bit different when you start a game and you've got to manage a game, and then you've got to you know probably do you get the same effect if he's if he comes into 10 at the first minute compared to the 50th minute because I just feel that the game's in the balance there. It's a little bit more open. Benches are coming on a little bit more, and so the legs are taking out you a little bit. So then Damo can roam a little bit. So if they continue to keep doing that, I like you said, you know, I know Bryn as well and Trasky as well, who I've played a bit of rugby with as well. Do you start with those guys and you just keep it as it is? But then you've got to reward Chase Tieta, who was outstanding on the weekend. Probably the difference actually to bringing that momentum back for the Chiefs. So it's almost going to have that. You've got to have start having the conversation. Do we actually start, you know, McKenzie at ten? Because I think from the performance on the weekend and what they got from him, the attacking um, and the gamesmanship as well. Um, it's definitely a conversation that the the, the Chiefs coach is going to have to have. Does it change his mindset? I mean, Damien's used to a bit of freedom. Suddenly you've got to go into 10 and, and, and control things. Is that something that we actually want Damien McKenzie to be thinking about, to be at his very best? Because the ability to roam is at the heart of his game. Yeah, it, it is. And, and look, it will have to change his mindset against different teams that bring different defensive pitches, you know. So it is... It, it, it'll... It's six of one half dozen. It, it, it will have to change your mindset as such. You're going to have less time. But as I said, that, that first try to Trask, he, he naturally does step up to first receiver when he's in the 15 jersey anyway. Mm -hmm. So it won't be that big a change. And sometimes a 10 drops back into the backfield. So it's not a massive shift. Um, it's just probably less of that. You know, you see the blonde head, the blonde mullet just sprinting in. Terrible haircut. In, in, injection into the line. Um, that's when I get excited as a fan. You just see him come from the backfield on that wide angle and you like, you just know something's yeah, going to happen. happen eh? mm -hmm. yep. um, that's, that's when I, th I think he's at his best and he's dancing around. And, and let's not forget, he's, he is the player that um, set up that second try as well from the backfield and he's jinking and jiving and, and he gave that offload to mm. Tia so. And the modern way is that you can have your 15 coming in and playing first receiver when you want. I mean, we've seen that all the way back. I'm thinking back to maybe when the Hurricanes won the title um, and we saw James Marshall playing at first receiver a lot. And mm. I think we've seen now, ever since then, basically, is 
it's you, you go in when you need to, and that could suit mm. Damien McKenzie. Yeah. Mm. I think it's yeah, it's the way probably New Zealand teams play. We're having those those two pivots, um, and so yeah, coming back to just point, there's not a lot of change, not a lot of change being 15 coming into 10, and probably Damo's done it a long time around. You know, being in both positions, having a pretty good understanding of what it looks like. So, um, but yeah, like you said, when you, see, you as, as a player, you're on high alert when you see Damien McKenzie roaming around, especially off counter attack. You know, he's world class when he gets into that counter attack. There's um, there's little breaks in the line. He's looking for that prop or that lock that he can go at. Um, like he did for that try when Weber scored that try. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Really interesting to see how if they play him at 10 or they play him at 15, okay, moving forward. Let's talk about that lid too. I think we've seen <laughs> Nathan Cleary, mate. That's Nathan a, Cleary. It's a shocking lid. Uh, I think Geordie's got a shocking lid as well at the moment. David Havili's gone for a more fine-tuned version of their mm. shocking lid. Like, what is up with that style? It's a Nathan Cleary. You know, yeah, I know, yeah, Nathan Cleary, it's yeah. yeah. It's not Flash. <laughs> oh, look, it's I'm going to be throwing stones because at least they can grow there. Like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just happy to have, have some of it still there. So uh, long may it continue. Yeah, because obviously Jack, Jack had the mullet. You know, there was obviously yeah. the mullet that was floating around. But yeah, it's kind of just moved on from there. And the old Nathan Cleary seems to be the yeah. at the heart well, of Cleary's it. Cleary's is a little bit slicker, though. They, 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 theirs is running... Quite a lot longer. Yeah, like, there's some is, body out the back. Yeah, there's some real thick. It's a thick mane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like one of the boys has come around and given them a haircut. Uh, I, don't, yeah. like. I hope they didn't pay shillings for it. Struth. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Can we can we touch on the Canes start? And yeah. uh, I just I think their attack, their their tip and and uh, forward release out yep. the back game was sharp. And they're committed, um, committed runners. Uh, even for the first try, uh, I think Artie gave it out the back to Geordie, and Geordie got a good fend on Anton. Mm. Um, their, their runners, um, their, their short ball runners, ran such good committed lines yeah. that it committed defenders, which created space. Yeah, you look at Riccatelli's try, I think it was Proctor came on a short ball, and, and Newmere gave the ball out the back to Nani, mm. which created that space for him to go to, and he linked um, yeah. with Riccatelli. But... They, they, they'd just given a tip beforehand. I think Blackwell had given a tip to um, Princep, and it, and it just sucked and defended. They got him behind, and they were playing flat and hard to the line. Yeah. And then in the second 40, did you see the depth of their attack? And they, and they seemed to just play deep, and, and they stopped going through their forwards, and they yeah. were, they, they, I think they went to Orbs at one stage, and he passed back to Geordie, and they lost that punch. Yeah. In that second 40, and they, it wasn't that like they stopped playing, but they went away from what was working so well for them that yeah, first half. Just around that, yeah, because the, like um, their shape that they've predominantly done for a while, um, probably for the viewers, is around like can, usually if you're going off 10, you've got three players outside the 10, and you usually hit the middle guy, and you've got two cleaners there, they're right there. But with the Hurricanes, they actually end up hitting the third guy, have a nice down runner, and then gets to that transition around the centre, maybe a, a loose forward or the winger. So you would have seen a couple of times um, Soturu got caught coming in because that down hard line that Jipper was talking around really enticed into bringing bringing him in, and they scored a couple, they scored two tries off that. But Proctor most of the time. Yeah, correct. So I think they did go away from that a little bit. Maybe that yeah. comes back to around. Obviously, the Chiefs changed their mindset. They had a little bit more ball, scored more tries, and weren't able to probably have that attacking prowess that they had at the start of the game but it's a great weapon that they have it's, it's really hard to defend because traditionally when you're playing against teams like I said you've got those three guys it's pretty not easy to defend but you've got more of an understanding around and it's pretty clear and you're used to seeing those pitches but with the Hurricanes they do a really good job around their face play shape being able to get to that winger connection with the centre and getting them to make pretty hard decisions with all the animation around them. The Chiefs are they 
back? Do we see what we need to see out of them? Well, I think Bryn made a good point last week. Sometimes you need a bit of luck mm. to get, get out of it. And they, and they got a bit of luck because Ricky Riccatelli was penalised for breaking uh, the defensive line early when he was at halfback. And Brad Weber had knocked it on at that mall. And then obviously he got penalised and they went to that mall and um, Arcoy eventually scored from that, that mall. So that was their luck because that was the try that put them ahead. And they, they came home hot. I think they were going to win regardless because yeah. they were just coming home yeah. hot. They were just they were they were awesome in that last twenty. They mm. it's like they just came to life and they started to believe. But they needed that luck. Now they've got that luck. There there will be a different feel. There'll be a different vibe. And mm. I, it'll be I'll be interested to see the team selections because mm. will they keep with the the you know I know we've just spoken about that chase tear tear but. Maybe is his injection off the bench the key, mm. Mm. you know, and having a settled start because they ha actually have started really well. Yeah, let's not forget they've had mm. a good start, and then maybe his injection and that unknown factor, mm. yeah, early in a second half could be the difference. So yeah. I think it's a big their their twenty three man selection is is crucial, and and if they can get that right, mm. yeah, then I think we'll get a clearer gauge of of are they back. But again, on the flip side, after you know. Um, Sunday, it's a big week for the Blues just yeah. to bounce back. You know, um, I think, as we've discussed, I don't think they're far off uh, the top dogs and the Crusaders, but they also just need to put a stake in the ground just to remind the rest mm. of the comp, no, we'll, we'll, yeah, we're not far off, but we just want to send a message back to the rest of the comp as well. So it's a big week for the Blues as well as the Chiefs. I was yeah. just going to say, because last year they played us and then they ended up yeah, playing the Hurricanes, Hurricanes and they lost, lost that game. Yeah. It ended up being a pretty pivotal game that they lost. So, yeah. What else came out of that game? That you thought with the Chiefs and the Hurricanes, it really you know took your took your attention. I think it's just a missed opportunity for the Hurricanes to get a win. I think you know it's great for the Chiefs, and we talk around having a little bit of luck, and they got a real good um, second half and came over the top, and they ended up winning. But you know you could probably see in Artie's reaction after the game, it's probably one that got away with them. You know being at home, um, in a position where they were you know you'd be on, they probably should have put that game away. So. Mm -hmm. Yes, they did a lot of really good things, especially in that first half, but um, yeah, it's probably one that we were thinking back at the back end of the season thing, you know, that's one that got away and probably, you know, the difference between having a win and then having three losses, you know, it's tough, especially in uh, this competition. And I think it's the first time the new rules has played a part mm. because of that scrum, calling a scrum rather than going to the mall. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the reason they called the scrum, and, and that's when, you know, Angus gets the penalty, is they didn't go to the corner because of potentially being held up over the line and yeah. getting yeah. a goal line dropout. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a big factor. Yeah. It's a big change because it, it, it you, it's not a reward. Yeah. Being held up over the line and ending yeah. 50 meters back. Yeah. It's it's not a I just don't think it's a good rule. Yeah. I look at even the um even that grubber as well. There's just no pressure. There's no pressure anymore around that. Like, yeah. even if they ground that ball instead of going back to a 22 and you're thinking, man, we've missed an opportunity. Should I really have done that? You've got the more confidence around it now because you know mm. if it's a 50 50 like jack scored yeah. great but if you know, even if a kid gets that down you know they've got a line out instead sorry a, a kick from the from yeah. the goal line instead of the 22. Yeah. so you're attacking actually already in your half yeah, yeah so yeah. it's i love i've actually really loved that rule yeah. yeah it's been a great addition to the competition i think so when you kicked that grubber that was part of your mindset like this is a win-win situation well it was, we actually got an advantage off it so you know off the advantage it's just so much easier and then obviously jack called that space and there was an opportunity for it to come through but so he called that he did, yeah. So we, oh yeah, we called it. He called. It. I saw. I heard his his comms. I had a quick look at him, and then obviously Ruru was coming in the line, and 
if you have space in behind and coming back to that point you've mm. just got no fear around that because you know yeah. it's an advantage first and foremost but even if there was an advantage you know that you've got an opportunity that you're going to get the ball back in an attacking zone part of the field at the same time you guys aren't scared of going for the line out drive i mean you scored a few this year yeah that way too yeah well i think it, we have changed a little bit around that so yeah we do have confidence in our drive we've scored a lot, of, lot more scrums this yeah, yeah. one hundred percent. Yeah, usually if you're in that five meter zone, we're like you know probably if you look in the Crusaders previously, we're going to go for a drive every single for a time, or we might have a special around that area. Yeah. Um, but with the addition of this new rule, we actually do think about it now. Like, man, we're actually not getting pay out of this. Yeah. We'll go to our scrum. Taking a lot more threes this year as well, eh? Like, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it comes back to well, the Blues building school. Yeah, pressure. it's that scoreboard pressure, especially in games like that. We talk around in that. And that was crucial game. if you think about it when those those threes because well, you know we ended up getting three penalties and ended up going to 14 points and the boys had to score twice or at least score three to try and win the game so yeah probably in the past we'd probably back ourselves going to those line out drives but for the fact that you know you lead off that pressure if you don't score the try there and they actually get to be a reset you know those kind of decisions around is that a scrum is it a penalty there's actually been a lot of thinking around how we get our points this year yeah yeah richie morgan is going all right yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he was good on the weekend. I mean, he gets the three points, obviously, because he's a good goal kicker. But yeah, Jesus, all-round game is looking solid. Is that the the benchmark for Richie now? Is I mean, we're not going to get necessarily see a lot of him in test form. Well, we've got to see if this works at the top level. Well, I think that's that's the good point you bring up there, Ross. I think you know we've seen it for a long time now that he's been world class at Super Rugby, and I think by Richie's standards, he's probably you know wanting to take that form up to the next level. He wants to take it to the All Blacks. And I think the fact that, you know, he's been in the All Black environment for two to three years, Bodie not being there as well, like, don't get me wrong, it's great to have pressure and be able to have someone there, but, you know, it's going to be, well, he's going to be selected as the 10 and he's going to be able to run that team. And so, you know, for New Zealand, um, for New Zealand rugby and for New Zealand fans, that's what we want to see, Egypt. We want to see that kind of progression of him, you know, dominating games. I look at the Wallabies test match and that Bledisloe in Sydney, you know, that was probably his, out, his, his standout performance, you know, but it's been one performance. Whereas, you know, there's been so many in the Crusaders usually where you think, man, Richie's played well this game, this game, against this team, had moments against um, Super Rugby team. So I think for him, he's obviously wanted to play really well for the Crusaders and he'll do his due diligence around that. But I think at the next level, you know, that's probably where we want to see that, that step up. Yeah, I think the level of consistency he's shown at Super Rugby level is freakish. Like, he's been up for Super Rugby Player of the Year, yeah. I don't know, two, three years. Yeah. And will be again, let's be honest. Um, if it's not him or Cody Taylor, you know, they're, they're hot, running hot at the moment. So it, it's, it is that step up, um, you know, and I think he would have learned a lot uh, around the pressures of All Blacks, you know, from the World Cup and last year. Um, you know, it, it was a tough year at Test Match level for, for the All Blacks last year. And, and if it is going to be his baby in the black jersey uh, and there is Test Match footy this year, and, you know, he is hoping there is, um, it, it's a big year for him to stamp his mark on it. Yeah, he's going to have that chance. I mean, there's not even a question this year as to whether or not he's going to have that chance at 10. It's his jersey. Mm. Well, take it. yeah, well, that's it. Obviously, there's, you know, Otita's playing really well, and obviously Joshua has been in and around there, but, but yeah. His. Yeah, yes. he, he's, he's, he's going to be out. He's going to be the, the yep. out 10. So, um, yeah, he's just obviously going to keep chipping out the Crusaders, keep playing rugby, but hopefully, you know, taking the learnings that he's had in the black jersey probably last you know, 24 months and have an understanding around what that looks like. And then again, let's I hopefully see pitches a, around and, and getting a game plan that suits him. Mm. They, did all they, they, yeah, they that. have altered it a little bit. Yeah. yeah and I think I if he gets that game plan that suits him, because that's what, I think that's what brings the best out of him in the Crusaders is he just really has a game plan that just mm. has his DNA, his DNA and his touch on it. So yeah. I think if, if he can get that confidence and, and that, that, that game plan at that next level, I think that'll bring the best out mm. of him. Not yeah. too sure if that's the case, but that's just 
how I see it. So what changes then? Let's say if you had Bodhi at 10 <coughs> or you had Richie at 10, what is different <laughs> between the game plan? I mean, how much adjustment does the All Black side need to make between the two guys and their particular preferences, whether they like to be flat on the line or behind a group of um, sort of dummy runners? Yeah. Or... I think Bodhi could do the same game plan, to be honest. Yeah. He, he could go between either. Yeah. I don't think they'll alter their game plan based on like their number 10s. I yeah. just think for Richie, there's a specific game plan that works. Yeah. And do you try and marry that up with the All Blacks plan around how they play? Uh, yeah. But yeah, look, I don't think, yeah, even if Bodhi was there, they'd have the same game plan. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Bodie's as effective in any yeah, style, to be honest, just because of his raw speed. Yeah. yeah. So. But to make Richie work the way Richie wants to work, what kind of tweaks need to be made for the layman? I think they've done them. They've done uh, them. Yeah. I think we started to see that. Yeah, we did. Um, with, um, sorry, what's your old coach from the Crusaders? Uh, Brad Moore. Brad Moore, who's <laughs> um, in the All Blacks. Yeah. yeah. I think he's starting to make those tweaks and I yeah. think they'll be fine tuning them again yeah. already. So I feel like those adjustments are being made. Yeah. yeah. And I think it just, it just takes time at test level. I think, you know, we look at like Dan Carter when he left and then Bodie ended up being the 10. You know, it wasn't smooth sailing from the start, you know, when that transition period came. So mm. I think at test level, it, it just That's takes a bit of time. Test. Correct. It yeah, just takes it, it takes time. And you're playing against different teams. Like, yep, we probably play a lot of a running brand of rugby, especially in Super Rugby Aotearoa. Mm. Whereas, you know, last year we played against Argentina different, completely different way, way of style. South Africans traditionally as well. And then you look at the Northern Hemisphere teams based predominantly on defense. You know, I talk around, I saw an article around Ronan O'Gara, around his thoughts around how they play Super Rugby in, in, in New Zealand. It's 80, he thinks it's 80, 20, 80 attack and 20 defense. Whereas in, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's 50, 50. Yeah. So they predominantly, and it's fair, a lot of it's based around defense, the collision, the breakdown. And so when you're not playing that every single week, it takes time to adjust. And so, you know, Richard's had that experience at the World Cup around, you know, playing England. And then, you know, even when we played, we didn't play South Africa last year, but playing Argentina in that one test match where it was close, you know, it was a physical, it was based around defense. So it's just a transition phase. And so, again, the more times he gets more opportunities at that level, and then other guys as well, it just takes time to be able to, to adapt to that. Cool. Let's talk about a test footy then. Mm-hmm. Wales. Very close. Oh, mate, 70 minutes. They dominated yeah. it. They dominated it for 70 minutes. Uh, we, like, they're playing a great brand of footy. Like, really, really like their forwards um, skill set shift. Like, Navidi, really like him at six. He's a short six, but he, he, he makes some really good um, carries. Mm. You know, gets <coughs> through the other side, uses good footwork. Um, Justin Tipperick set up a try with putting on his boot, mm. put a little grubber through, and, and they ended up scoring a try that went to the TMO. Was it held up? Was it not? Doesn't really matter. It was it was a try on the field, so um, it was it was uh, went back down to on-field score. But the loose forward trio worked really well. Tight five worked really well, and um, they just they played a, a tough style. And their two wingers, Adams and uh, Reece Sambit, um, just made gain line after gain line. And, and George North in the centre, and, and they just controlled the fixture. Mm. Uh, there was a disallowed try at a crucial moment. Uh, it would have gone to 32. Um, Rhys did a Matt Duffy and, and put it in the old league style in the corner, yeah. went upstairs and it hit the base of the post first, so ruled out, went back for a penalty, and that took it to 30-20. And at this stage, um, they, they'd given the red card uh, for the neck roll eye gouge situation, um, and it was 30-20, and it was just like, okay, this is Wales. Yeah. And then it just snowballed out of control. Penalty after penalty, mm. yellow card, yellow card, and then went to a scrum. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They put it, they put it back on the scrum um, and uh, they, they channeled, at first I was like, they put them, this is going to sound weird, but they put the back on the side that the hooker will hook. Mm, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's truth. Why would you put it back there? Because that might affect the channeling. Yeah. But they obviously trained it because he did a really good job with the channel, which was interesting. Anyway, they scored from, um, eventually scored from the scrum, number eight off the back, and he he went over. And then then it went into the 82nd minute, and they scored in the corner. um, Delon, who was exceptional all game, wasn't he? He did a chip and chase that led to DuPont's try early. He, He glided through. And it was quite fitting that he scored because he, 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 I think he's my new favourite player. In the <laughs> team. Um, I thought Intermark was my favourite, but now it's, um, it was good to see him come back after a long break. He came on earlier. Um, Hellebet uh, went off with, uh, I think, a concussion or, or an injury of some sort. So, um, But Delon scored in the corner, 82nd minute, and it was just heartbreaking because, uh, you know, the Grand Slam was there for Wales. They'd earned the right just played the game so well yeah. like they just they, they were clinical in all areas yeah. um, and deserved the win because the French defensively had brought no like they came to life on attack mm. um, but defensively they just held back all game for some reason and just let Wales dominate yeah. um, and then um, I don't know the ref came into it and I thought it was ref really well um, but it just yeah, it was, it was a sad state of affairs. Like, it was a great finish. It was a great finish to the game, but I suppose it was a sad state of affairs. I really wanted Pivac to win because I know him and I wanted Wales to win. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's why I took that attitude to it, but the French stayed in the fight and, and they got the result. Yeah. yeah. If you talk around, we talked around the Hurricanes losing that one. Yeah, Wales did the same thing. You know, they had it yeah. all their way. They dominated all the things that Jip is talking around. And then, you know, obviously the indiscretions around the yellow cards really put them under the pressure. And to, cre- to France's credit, you know, they still had to win the game. You know, they did in the 82nd minute scoring that try. And you could see the uh, the emotion, the emotion of the French, how much it meant to them. You know, now they've got an opportunity to play Scotland. Is that right? Yeah. Play Scotland in a, in a catch-up fixture. So... Um, it's all to play for, and I feel, yeah, because obviously we know Wayne Pivak as well, and it would have been great for him to win that Grand Slam, but it's one that got away from them as, again, you know, it was very similar to their Hurricanes, and I even talked about the commentators, listening to the commentators, they were like, oh, you know, there was a penalty happened, it's, oh, that's probably the end of the game right there, and to France's credit, they came back and won, and now that's all, it's all, it's all to play for, what you want, in, the sixth, in, a, in a competition, you want to always go into the last weekend, Can so. Scotland spoil the party? Yeah. I, I don't know, like, the French are fighters, and against England, they come back, uh, and and then they just lose at the death with England, and then you sort of think, 
you know, they, they're fighting away, and then they then they do in England on mm. on Wales, and it's like it's been a great tournament, the Six yeah. Nations, yeah. hasn't it? In, in the sense how all these games have gone down to yeah. the wire. It's um, and, it was great. And we talked about it earlier around the French. How dangerous they're going to be in 2023? A result like that going into like it's obviously a long a long couple of years away. But a win like that and a moment like that, it's just going to galvanise that team even more and give them more confidence yeah. going forward. So, yep, they've got opportunity against Scotland, but I think that kind of win can really be a pillar moving forward, especially coming into the World Cup in 2023. Especially against such an experienced uh, yeah. Welsh side. Yeah. Like they, they, had, they had the upper hand over yeah. kind of experience. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that forward pack has a lot of caps in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and oh, they just they obviously didn't... I just felt like they they'd played the right game to win. Yep. I don't want to say they deserved to win because they didn't win, but yep. it just um, what's, yeah. and the cards were fair. Like it was all the the, the French, just, yeah. you know, got the right yeah. result on the day, but it was just it was tough to watch. Yeah. We talked about the riffing off air, Jip. Like I just thought the riffing and how they riffed it was really well, like real clear the way he spoke. Yeah. Um, I don't know Very what, controlled you know what his name line was? of communication. Pierce, uh, Luke Pierce or something. Yeah, so. something something. Yeah, like Pierce. I yeah. Don't, can't, don't know his yeah. first name. But it, as a viewer, was, Wayne Barnes. Yeah, was very, as a um, as a viewer, sorry. Just very clear yeah. in the box. Yeah. Like, I don't know the line of communication. Yeah. was outstanding. As a viewer, if you if you've just come into rugby, you've got like a just the way they delivered, very clear, um, and mm -hmm. he had a great understanding. So. I think um, we've obviously talked a lot around refereeing, around refereeing and um, their delivery here, you know, around that. So I just thought, me personally, just watching that from from a viewer, just saying, oh man, this is really clear. Had the players around talking around it, so no, I thought it was a great way for um, for viewers as well to that's, see that. That's an interesting point because the thing about rugby, let's say in comparison to rugby league, is that it is a complex game, and and the hardest part about getting into rugby is understanding it in the first place. Mm. So to have the referees act as that sort of person in between, we see it in the NFL. You know, when they, they go upstairs and there's a very clear communication about exactly what's going on in the game. Yeah. Um, we kind of maybe need to see the referees as our point there. I think, yeah, it's a fine line though, because some people see it as too long, because I, I did see on Twitter a little bit of, is this, this is the longest game of rugby ever, this is like the NFL. Yeah. But I was also sitting there going, well, at least they're going to get the call right because yeah, they're yeah. taking their time. So there's some people that sit in our camp and they're like, oh, this is interesting. And, and they're taking their time to get the call right. And there's some people that are sitting there just going, hurry up and make the call. Mm, yeah. So it's about finding a balance as well. Um, to, to You're never going to please everyone. And I think, you know, maybe down this part of um, the hemisphere, mm. we, we want it fast. Yeah. And then up there, they just want the call that is made right and, mm. and, and, and nailed. So it's yeah. finding a balance between yeah. the two. I want my footy fast, but I want my... Yeah decisions right yeah like i don't the referee speed doesn't matter to me it's about the tempo of the game that i'm makes with it entertaining. you i'm yeah. with you 100 yeah we can take two minutes to get that right absolutely yeah. especially yeah. how crucial that, that fixture because you know like if, if 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 say that try was awarded that could have been you know the, a fourth try for wales and then they you know even if they lose they finish within oh, seven they get oh, two points and then they go to 21 points and next week's game doesn't matter even if france pick up five points they've won mm. you know the six nations whereas now if they pick up five points they potentially you know well they they take the six nations yeah yeah england what's going on with them they've well, fallen back off yeah well let's just understand ireland CJ Stander came out, announced his retirement. They had a lot to play for. They've had an up and down tournament and, and, and they just came out firing. They had a couple of special moves uh, um, 
an overthrow back into Earls, and Earls had a, had a great uh, little bit of footwork on Johnny May, and um, it was just everything was running hot for Ireland on the day. They got out to a good lead, and at 32-18 it finished, but most of England's points came after a red card to Bundy Arkey, so um, it's, it's a hard one. I think Eddie's come out and said, we're, yeah. we're making a few changes, mm. uh, we're changing our team, so you've got to bear with us. There's mm. um, making some adjustments. But after such a, I suppose, fighting performance against the French, it was a surprise, I suppose, to see um, a performance like that because you'd say the French were performing a lot more, uh, I suppose, at a higher quality than, than Ireland. Um, but I just felt like the emotion of CJ Standers Mm. retirement and wanting to send him off and maybe St Paddy's day <laughs> yeah. during the week and, and, and what that means and, and, and just you know the, the Irish get up for the big occasion and, and sending people off and they, they certainly, they certainly are, were up for this game and, and they got the job done. Mm. Um, I've read Clive Woodward um, talking about Eddie Jones and asking whether it's time to, to call it on Eddie Jones. Now when you look at Eddie Jones's coaching history he, he brides, he, he burns hot for a very short period of time. He's like Jose Mourinho in the Premier League. You bring him in, he turns it all around and then he disappears. Mm. You know, has the best time with Eddie Jones gone now? I don't know. He's, oh, he's, he's got them to a World Cup final. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can take it off for Six Nations. I think as well, if he's talking around like resetting and changing things, you know, you've got to give him time to be able to do that. I think you are right though. He's, he is very similar to that around Jose Mourinho around coming in really hot, getting a really good standard from the get-go and then probably just winning off a little bit. But yeah. I think, you know, if you're resetting a team and there's all altering things, there's, there's definitely time for you to be able to be patient around that. And I know as, as probably England fans and they're not, they're not patient, you know, because they've probably had a bit of success with Eddie, but um, there's obviously altering in their game that they're changing. And bigger picture, yes, they'd love to win the, win the Six Nations, but they've got a World Cup in 2023. So do you, do you hold off and you just, you know, you don't change things or you just keep, keep the status, status quo then hoping that you're going to win a World Cup? Or do you go in early and be able to make alter, alter, altercations with your team or the way they're playing? And then come 2023, it's different. So it's just whether the, the, the England Rugby Union want to be patient enough with that. But I think if they're altering and changing things, proven how he is, I think yeah, you keep it as status quo and mm. give him a chance to go to that World Cup. I suppose what we've learned in New Zealand is if you, you do take a couple of losses, you know, especially around World Cup time, the coaches get better for it. And maybe Eddie's been through the situation enough that he knows now the secret to getting yeah, through the other I, side. I think if he wasn't coming out and saying, look, I'm making shifts yeah. for the future, then, you know, you'd be like, okay, well, I, you'd be more concerned if he wasn't saying that, is all I'm trying to say. Do you know, like if he was just saying, oh no, nothing's wrong here, nothing to see here, yeah, yeah. then you'd be like, oh, maybe it's time to move him on. But he's yeah. saying, look, I'm trying to make change and shifts, so just bear with me. Mm. If you know what I mean? Does that, if, yeah. does that make sense? You know, like I just think he, he's he's saying the right things yeah. to, to keep him on board. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it's also going to be challenging because the amount of test football being played, yeah, the Six Nations is working, but the amount of international football to be played before the next World Cup is going to be far more minimal than it would have been before. Mm. You're not going to be playing 10 to 14 test matches a year in the most part, are you? No. There is a, there is a lot of calls, though, for him to bring a few younger players in. Mm. I think there's a bit of chat over there for Marcus mm. Smith and, and um, uh, Simmons and that to, to get in the squad. So maybe the, the, the fans over there are looking for a bit of fresh blood and, and, and looking for him to upskill a little bit for 2023 because they are probably seeing the French yeah, going for yeah. all this youth and seeing a bit of a bit of flair so maybe 
needs to look at um, getting a bit of balance. Let's get into the tipping comp. No, let's not. Let's not. Go on. Is that because Bryn Hall oh. changed his pick at the last oh, minute to the Chiefs? Oh. I did. Well, I just feel for our viewers and listeners, you know, like <laughs> how, how are they taking advice off us if we're changing our picks last minute? <laughs> you know? I've just had a bad week. I've got zero points. Yeah, was that because you tipped the Blues? I tipped the Blues and I tipped the Canes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Half time, I was sitting pretty. I'll, I'll tell you, I was, I was pretty nervous actually when the hurricanes were up. I was like, oh, terrible pick here, yeah. but yeah, just yeah, had a change of heart. Yeah, yeah got over the, yeah, they got over the line, so just crucial. What changed your heart on that? My partner actually, she's on the tipping comp, and so I went back and forth around it. And, I changed um, to the Chiefs as well. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, but then I, when I saw, I saw the, saw the orbs was at ten. And, and I changed I changed to the Chiefs, and then I saw that Gats wasn't at 10, so I was like, oh, I'm changing back to the game. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I think, because obviously earlier in the week, um, teams weren't named, and then um, oh, my partner just sent out the team sheet for um, for the teams, and I saw Auburn at 10. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, you know, he you know, he's obviously doesn't play a lot of 10, so I just, just for that fact, I was like, game management-wise, um, that was my reason behind it, I think that, you know, the Chiefs might... The, the, the reason might I jumped it. back is I was like, oh, well, Orbs is a little bit of an unknown. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, well, and then I was like, people do know Trasky. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go with the unknown. Unknown fact, there won't be a lot of tape on him at first five. Yeah. Anyway, here <laughs> I am with zero points. So. <laughs> well, let's old, talk about two a leader over here. <laughs> they didn't play Auburn Ledger as a traditional team, though, did they? No, I felt like yeah. um, Lau Marpe and, and Geordie were at first receiver a lot in the first half, mm. and then Orb stepped up to first receiver a lot, a lot more in that second half. Yeah. Mm. 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 Well, so if Auburn Ledger's at 10 this week, do the Chiefs win at home against the Blues? Well, he plays for the Canes, so... Oh, shit, <laughs> He played for the Chiefs last year. <laughs> at 10. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> well... Chiefs Blues, where does it go? Uh, blues. Blues. Yeah. That simple. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the Blues. I think, yep, it's great. The Chiefs got that. The Chiefs are saying I've changed. Nah, my I'll stick to this one. Yeah, the Chiefs, obviously, it's great to get the monkey off the back, but um, I think the learnings from last year when they played us um, and then they had that little hookup against the Hurricanes last year, I think they'll take that learning going in towards, um, yeah, against the Chiefs. Is that a home trip as well? Oh, Is that a home? That's away. It's away. Oh, well, yeah. I just think it's a big week, and, and, and I think exactly what Bryn mentioned is this is the week where we had a good week against the Crusaders, obviously just losing, and everyone was going, oh, you know, that was a good performance, but, you know, and rah, 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 and then we lost against the Canes the following week. So it's, it's a crucial week, and, and I know that Leon and the coaching staff and, and the leaders will be making sure that this is a really sharp week, that we get right and we get our season back on track. So. <coughs> um, away from home, uh, we got our monkey off the back away from home against the Chiefs last year, um, so it, it's crucial that we go back to back down there. Um, is it close? 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 Is it close? Is it, what's the score? Uh, Chiefs always Blues games always uh, tough. I man. think they're always close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it'll be tight for the most part. I think the benches will be crucial, and I think that's where the, the, the difference will be. Um, but I think it might pull out. Mm. Pull out towards the end. I think it'll be yeah, set piece parity as well. I think the that's where the Blues will probably try and assert a bit and of dominance there. Scrumming definitely line out. A bit of dominance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've got Highlanders v Canes. What were the picks on the Highlanders v Canes? Oh, I'll be going Highlanders. Yep. Highlanders. Yeah, I'll go Highlanders as well. Highlanders and Blues. Yeah, yeah. Pretty easy this week. You guys sound like you didn't have to debate a lot in your heads. Oh, not not the Blues one. 
<laughs> I won't be. I'll, yeah, I won't be changing for our viewers. I won't be changing picks this week. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll be down in Queenstown. Actually, I'll be down in Queenstown watching them. So it'll be good. Oh, yeah. the life of luxury. Yeah, <laughs> By yeah, a week. Tough, tough. Very until nice. Thursday. You deserve you. a break, mate. And congrats on the handy. Cheers, boy. Appreciate it, mate. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Good work. Good work. Thank you very much to Bryn Hall once again in Auckland with us. Yeah, thanks, James Parsons as well. Join us next week on our turtle rugby pod and rugby pass and Sky Sport.